This is going to be a rather fun episode. I mean, I think many of the episodes are fun, but this one just makes me so happy. Emily simply wanted to know what some of my favorite small group must-haves are, and I cannot wait to give you the lowdown on some of my ultimate small group staples. While I cannot possibly list every single thing that I have used, I'm going to share tools that I have used on the daily, and I will dive into ways in which I use them. Would you like to know some of my small group favorites? I'll meet you inside. Welcome to The Literacy Dive, a podcast for teachers who want to take a deeper dive into all things reading and writing. I'm your host, Megan Polk. My number one passion is, you guessed it, all things literacy and supporting teachers like you. Join me each week to learn teacher tips and actionable step-by-step strategies to help you grow as an educator. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Small groups. I love small groups. So this episode is going to be light, fun, and hopefully will get you excited about building your small group toolbox. Emily asks, I am going to be a first year fifth grade teacher coming from first grade. Please share, what are some of your small group must-haves? I want to enter the school year prepared and not underestimating something that I might need. Emily, you are speaking my love language. I mean, outside of words of affirmation, gluten-free Oreos, and cheetah print, small group is my jam, and creating a conducive environment for it was a huge focus for me. As many know, I recently moved to Nashville, Tennessee, but prior to moving here, I was living in Houston, Texas, where I spent my last three years there in an interventionist role. My entire day was filled with targeted intervention small groups outside of working with and supporting teachers. So I know a thing or two about small groups, and I cannot wait to dive into my small group staples, which allowed me to stay prepared, provide my students with meaningful experience with reading and writing, and support each of them day in and day out. Let me just say that your toolbox will constantly be growing. As you gain more students with unique learning styles and abilities, you're going to find that they may need something different in order to learn best. Just know that there is no perfect or standard small group toolbox and your resources that you select to put inside of your box will constantly be evolving and changing. But guess what? That is a good thing. Now, most of these items I personally like storing within a large teacher caddy, or they might be in containers, drawers, or even book boxes that can be placed on a small bookcase that is easy to access. Do what feels right for you to make your tools accessible and functional. I know that I have tried many different strategies, and for some different tools, different organization methods work best. I'm going to do my best to link to the resources I mentioned so that you can get an idea of what I'm referring to. Now, some of the links are Amazon affiliate links, which means that if you like it and order it, you get an amazing small group tool and I get pennies, literally like three cents. 
But remember, and I'm going to mention that many of these items you can find at the Target dollar spot, at the Dollar Tree, or any places like that. So you can take a look at the items in the show notes to get an idea of what you should be looking for, and then go and find them at a convenient location near you. All right, in no particular order, here we go. I'm going to share 15 must-have items for small group. Number one, a timer or guided reading calculator. Now, this is so important because it is going to help you to monitor the time that you have remaining, and it also keeps you on pace and at a good flow. The calculator does all the hard work for you, and with the push of a button, you can find the accuracy rate, the words per minute, any types of information like that that you need for running record data, you can find that using this special calculator. So I like using sand timers to help guide turn and talk so each partner has a quick opportunity to share but does not rob us of the entire small group time. Those I get from the Dollar Tree. So having a timer is so helpful. Again, it can help you with monitoring how long your block is so that you know when you need to wrap it up, but also you can monitor the partners, the sharing, anything like that going on at your table to ensure that you do have enough time. The second thing that is a staple for me is a guided reading cheat sheet and running records. Now, speaking of tracking accuracy, words per minute, and fluency, I have a helpful guided reading cheat sheet that breaks down the easy ways to determine that data and shares coding symbols and running record templates. Now, that is a free download, so you can head to the show notes and grab that at the end of this episode. You can never have enough running record templates on hand since this should be happening constantly in your small groups. So definitely, you need to have several copies of blank running records ready for student use. And the cheat sheet is super handy when it comes to doing all of the coding. Okay, again, I said that this list was in no particular order. So the third thing that I'm going to share with you is that a must-have for small groups are sticky notes and post-it flags. I know, you're probably thinking that would have been the number one thing that I would have shared, but I said that these were in no particular order. What I love most about sticky notes are that they are not overwhelming, they are non-threatening, and so much text can fit onto a sticky note. They are designed to be quick, so my students are not spending several minutes on writing a response for me or jotting down an example from their text. These are designed to be really quick notes, and so sticky notes are definitely something that you want to have. Post-it flags are just like little tabs where you can be able to stick on certain pages. So sometimes I would want my students to go find an example of figurative language. Go find an example of a word that you don't know so we can try to use a strategy to solve it. So that post-it flag can simply mark the page as they're reading on. And then when we join together at the end, they can quickly go and reference that page without losing time flipping through every single page of the book. Sticky notes are a great size that you could be able to put onto your data tracker sheets for your students. They are sticky and stay into place, whether you're sticking them in the book directly, whether you want your students to write on them and then you want to stick it to your whole group anchor chart, or maybe you want them to put it into their interactive notebook for them to continue on at a later date. 
I personally love using the three inch by three inch sticky note size, and I will generally have five to six colors at my small group table. The importance of this is that sometimes I don't want my kids to put their names on their sticky notes. Even with attaching their name, sometimes they still think about the later what-ifs, like if it goes onto an anchor chart or if it's stuck somewhere, and they are just fearful of how their writing is, how their spelling is, if their response was correct. So a lot of the time, I will personally give each student a sticky note. I know what color they are assigned to. So whenever they're doing their writing on their own and it goes somewhere, they feel safer and they feel protected and I know exactly who wrote what. So having sticky notes is going to be a staple, but if you can provide five to six different colors, you can be able to use that strategy as well. Okay, fourth, index cards. These are still a perfect size, but they provide a line side and a blank side. So this is great for differentiation amongst your students, and it's also great for student choice. The index cards easily encourage written words and illustrations. So this is going to be helpful for short responses and then allowing them to visualize and show their thinking through pictures. Also, I love that index cards can be used as a reading tracker. Now, I use this by using the blank side, and then I use a black or blue marker and create a bold line horizontally at the top. And this is to be used for students to track the lines of text within a book, and it's super quick to make. That kind of leads in to my next small group staple, which is the reading guide strip overlays or reading trackers. Now, the last way that I mentioned index cards can be used is the free version of this. Companies actually sell the actual reading trackers. To get an idea of what this reading tracker, reading guide strip overlay is, take a look at my show notes, but then you will want to go to the Dollar Tree or Target because typically they have them in stock and you can get them at a cheaper price point. I am all about saving funds, so that index card method that I shared previous to this one works great, and it is free, and it is super easy to replace. Number six, dry erase pockets. These are going to make your small groups so engaging and fun. All you will need is master copies of graphic organizers or any type of template that you want your students to use. And that dry erase pocket is going to instantly make it reusable from group to group. So when we are constantly thinking about the minutes that it takes for us to reprep and get the next group, this is going to save you a lot of time by just simply taking out the master, putting a different one in for a new group, or erasing what the student has done and having it ready for the next group to use. So dry erase pockets are going to be your best friend. You could also use sticky notes on top of them. Sticky notes can stick on it very well and they pull off leaving no residue. You can also use your Expo markers. Visa Vis markers write clearly on them and requires water to remove. So I prefer using the super slim Expo or Visa Vis markers on top of the dry erase pockets just so that students can actually write and their words are resembling more of like using a pencil. But Dry erase pockets are super slim, super compact, and they're easy to store. So you definitely want to have a set of these on hand. And I like to get the bulk set 
on Amazon, but you could also find these in Target. So chatting about dry erase pockets is going to lead us into the next tools that you will want to have, which are dry erase markers and felt. Now, again, get the fine tip markers so that whenever students are writing, it's not too heavy and chunky and bold, making it hard to read their words. It makes it way easier to read, and it can be used on the dry erase boards or the pockets or on the table. Yes, on the table. If you use desks or guided reading tables for your small groups, kids can actually write on the surface with the Expo dry erase markers, and then it is super easy to erase and wipe clean. Then, instead of using the big bulky erasers, I like to cut up pieces of felt, and those serve as a great eraser option, and it's way cheaper than purchasing dry erase erasers. Using the felt also ends up being space-saving and super easy to store, super easy to replace, and they are reusable. You can literally buy a square of felt at Walmart, Joann's, Michael's, anywhere that you have a store like that close to you, maybe even the Dollar Tree, and all you have to do is cut it into really small squares and give it to your students to use as an eraser. Mini Magnetic Dry Erase Boards. This is number eight. Now, these are going to be great for writing and holding up answers for quick checks, but also can be used for magnetic letters or anything else to be used for word work. Spend the extra dollar for the magnetic boards. You won't be disappointed because magnetic items will stay in control on the board and are less likely to get lost or end up on the floor. So definitely the mini size works great and it's easy to store as well inside of a book box. And of course, number nine, you are going to need writing utensils. Now these are going to be good for annotating text, for decoding words, or responding to the reading. You would want to have things like pencils, colored pencils, colored pens, highlighters. Those are just some of my favorites. Similar to the sticky note color coding I was talking about earlier, the colored writing that the students are using also helps me to see student work. What I mean by that is that sometimes I will again tell students, do not write your name on whatever they're working on. They will instantly feel more free to write and not worry about being wrong, the spelling being incorrect, or in case they misunderstood the question and wrote something in their eyes as being silly. But I will always know who wrote what when they leave it on the table because of the corresponding color at the seats that the students will sit. But overall, kids love using anything that is not a standard pencil. So I also like to keep mechanical pencils on hand, but I I tell them how to use it. I give them the rules to model up front. If you give a kid a mechanical pencil, they are going to click, 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 try to write, and then you're going to be out of lead before the end of your small group session. So I let them know that they can do two clicks and then they can begin writing. So make sure to have some of these different writing utensils on hand and just watch how the engagement level increases with your students and watch all of your tasks be completed. Number 10, student response cards. Now this is an interactive way to scan the table for multiple choice, true or false questions, or anytime you want to get student feedback on a question that you're asking. 
These cards are tangible, which are great for our students who need to hold and manipulate things. So students can be able to hold up their answer choices and you can be able to scan within seconds at a quick glance. I love using these cards for passages and also during test prep. I will use these cards during whole group because again, it's great for scanning. So at whole group time, I can scan the entire room, engage student mastery, but I love using the tangible response cards at the small group table. Students can share their answers or knowledge without having to talk, and that really helps foster comfort and confidence at the table. Next up, number 11, dice. This is going to be a tool that is great for engagement and calling on students at random. You can create questions, you can have reading responses, anything where you have six examples, and the roll of the dice can determine what the student or group will do. Dice are super handy. I love using them with reading responses. I'm going to link to some of these activities in the show notes that encourage fun and engagement with reading skills and with using a dice. These sheets can be placed into that dry erase pocket and can use sticky notes, making it reusable. But no matter what, a dice is going to be your best friend. You can even let your students control the dice. One child can take that dice, roll it to select for themselves or to select for the class. It is fun, it is at random, and it does provide them with, I don't know, like a spontaneous type of ordeal. Like we don't know which one we're gonna choose, but whenever we roll it, that's the one we're going to do. And it's just a level of excitement and fun. So you definitely want to have a dice or multiple die at your small group table. Number 12, headphones or whisper phones. These are going to be great to eliminate distractions, especially when students are reading aloud or having check-ins or individualized instruction one-on-one with me. They can also better hear themselves with those headphones on, and that is really, really powerful. If you do end up using headphones or whisper phones, the great thing about them are that they're easy to clean, they are super easy to sanitize, and they're also great when keeping autistic or other students in mind that might have sensitivities to noise. Okay, this next one seems like a given, but I'm going to say it anyway. So number 13 are references. Any reference that will help students are a part of my toolbox at the small group table. In particular, reading reference helpers and reading skills and strategies posters, both shrunk to a mini size, are going to be a staple in my small group box. In the moment, we will reference whatever it is that we need to focus on, and I keep the resources stapled together or on binder rings for portable access. I love keeping the 5x7 and the 8x10 size clear photo frames from the Dollar Tree on a bookshelf near me. If there is a particular skill or visual of focus, I am going to place that into the frame and it actually stands on the table during our session together. Even if it's a list of steps that I need them to follow. If I have kids at my table for writing and I'm like, we need to go through the writing process, I will have that poster right there at the table for them. So this photo frame can be used across different subjects. If you live near an Ikea in Houston, there used to be an Ikea right down the street from me. No lie, it was about six minutes away. And now that I'm in Nashville, the closest one is like three hours away. 
but I do believe you can order online. So if you have an IKEA nearby or if you are able to order online, IKEA has these white photo frames and they work really well too for mini anchor charts. Uh, you print your anchor charts at a mini size and then you're going to place them on binder rings and it can literally be flippable. And this actually makes it a little bit easier because you'll have all of your charts for that particular set right there with you. You just have to flip to the one that you want. Or if a student struggles with something different, you can quickly flip to something else. But if you're only focusing on one big idea and you want to use a full sheet of paper, I would definitely get those photo frames. They're clear from the Dollar Tree and you can easily slide in your anchor chart and have it there for students to reference on their own throughout that time. Okay, you cannot do small group without a way to hold the information and the data that you're grabbing from your students. So you'll definitely want to have an observation binder with note tracker sheets. We use a lot of sticky notes at the small group table, so I personally love using sheets that are made to house sticky notes, and they have tabs for student names, but these can easily be made with plain cardstock as well. I will color code per reading group and I have running record sheets on hand to stick behind each student tracker page. Since I am the only one using these tracker pages, like my students are not touching them, I just print on Astrobytes cardstock and then I cut around the tabs and I add their names with Avery labels. Now I used to love using the thin Sharpies and labeling everything with student names, But what ended up happening was my classrooms always had a bit of a turnover. I had students coming, I had students leaving, students in the middle of the year. And so then it would throw off my whole tracking system, especially because of the way the tabs were. So I would use Avery labels that go directly on top of the tab and where the student name portion is at the top. And whenever a student is to leave, I will peel it off, replace the Avery label with the new student name. And then I will peel up all of the sticky notes from the child, and then it's ready to go for a new student. But for me, I just want to say that everything that I do for small groups will stay in one binder. I have tried to have a separate smaller binder for every single group, but for me, it was just too tedious to manage. It was hard for me to keep track of. I would grab two binders thinking that it was the two that I needed and it was the two that I didn't need and then I couldn't even do my prep and planning. So I have found that using one bigger binder works for me, but definitely use the method that works for you. The last thing that I'm going to share with you that could become a part of your small group toolbox is going to be a laser pointer. Now this, of course, is optional. But I want to share it with you because I was introduced to a laser pointer probably about eight or nine years ago in a gift box that I was given from my district when I started like working alongside and coaching teachers. They gave me a PowerPoint clicker and it was so helpful so that I could be walking around the room, pacing and interacting with teachers, but clicking my PowerPoint. But it also had a red laser at the end, and that got my wheels turning. So a laser pointer is going to be super helpful to point to particular parts of a book when you're coaching a student or whenever you overhear an error. It is 
so awesome to use because you can reference charts that are hanging on the wall from afar. The laser pointer literally acts as if it's your finger, but it's just super fun for kids. Imagine what you see when like you're doing the laser pointer and like a cat is trying to chase it and they have so much fun with it. I literally feel like that's what our students do too. They track that laser wherever it is. They're trying to look for it and they're engaged with it. So in my experience, my students have loved looking at the red beam, and it is a creative way to reel them in and to draw their attention to whatever it is that I wanted them to focus on at the time. This is also great for whole group time as well, because just like I did at trainings, you could be walking around your room, not having to sit at your computer. You could walk around, engage, and also you could point out to things in the passage or point out to things in the book using that laser pointer, shooting it at your smart board or an anchor chart or whatever it is that you want your kids to focus on. So a laser pointer changed my life in the best way. It is optional, of course, but I wanted to share that as a handy tool that has made its home into my small group toolbox. So these are my 15 must-have small group items. And again, there is more that I could include in my toolbox, but if you are new to incorporating tools into your small groups, I would suggest you start off slow and just select a few items and get in the habit of using those. Once you and your students are comfortable, you can introduce something new to the small group time and that is going to spark their engagement as well. So to recap, my 15 must-have small group items are a timer and or a guided reading calculator, Guided reading cheat sheets, and this is a freebie that you can grab from my show notes. Sticky notes or post-it flags. Index cards. The reading guide strip overlays. Dry erase pockets. Thin dry erase markers and felt for the erasers. Mini magnetic dry erase boards. A variety of colorful writing utensils. Student response cards. Dice, headphones or whisper phones, different anchor charts or reference materials, a data tracking binder with observation sheets, and a laser pointer. Is there something from this list that you are thinking, oh my gosh, I want to try that? I would love to know what it is. So send me a message on Instagram at the Literacy Dive and let me know what it is that you are going to try. Thank you, Emily, for this question. I am wishing you the best as you embark into this new adventure teaching fifth grade. Slowly implement strategies and tools with your students and gauge their response. I cannot wait to hear how your small groups will take off this fall. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Come hang out with me over on Instagram at The Literacy Dive. I would love to hear from you in my DMs. If you are enjoying this podcast, be sure to hit that follow button and share this with a friend. I'll catch you in the next episode.